Welcome and thank you for joining us today on Spotlight ETSU. Today we have two great guests, Ms. Angela Claxton Freeman, who's the interim director of the Multicultural Center currently being put in on the second floor of the cult. Then we have Mr. Joe Smith, who is head of university relations here in Bergen-Dossett. So stay tuned, we're turning on the Spotlight. We're here with Angela Claxton Freeman, who is the interim director of the new Multicultural Center on the second floor of the cult. So, First off, could you tell us what is the Multicultural Center? The Multicultural Center is basically a statement about the university's commitment to multiculturalism and diversity. It will give us an opportunity to celebrate cultures all over the campus. Um, when, when you really think about it, our campus is more diverse than the broader population. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it, it allows us to bring the experiences of the world into the campus, into the community. We'll be celebrating all cultures, not just those cultures that are um, traditionally underserved, uh, but our principal aim there programmatically is to support um, students through programs like the um, Access to Student Success and Quest, Discover, the diversity educators will be there. The Office of Multicultural Affairs will be there um, to continue to provide the celebrations. Um, International Bug Buddies Program, Study Abroad. Oh, really? um, that's okay. a collaboration that we have with international programs right now. And part They'll of that be is, there. Uh, part of that's currently in Yokely and other yes. areas, right? So it'll yes. be centralized? Yes. Okay. Um, international programs will remain in Yokely, mm -hmm. but they do have a collaboration with us where those programs will be offered in the center. Okay. Um, in addition to that, we'll have um, visiting faculty who will help us fo focus programmatically on those issues that we see are needful. And we've got this fabulous student lounge that in the very front part of the center where mm -hmm. students, all students can feel welcome to just come in, uh, relax, work on collaborative projects. And it's a wonderful looking space already. We it's hope not even that we've yet. provided <laughs> the resource for that. So that people will come together, mm -hmm. intercultural dialogue, talk to each other. That's okay. one of the ways that we can help so a, promote a big multiculturalism. Place with just a ton of information for people Resources, to come together programs. Really get to know each other. Yes. Okay. Uh, so we'll get it out of the way first real quick, this question. When will it open? The grand opening is January 19th, that week, the mm -hmm. first week of school, second so spring semester. Okay, so straight with the new semester. Straight with the new semester. Kick off to a good start. Very cool. Uh, well, one of the questions I had was if there's going to be offices in there, and you've already said that the Office of Multicultural Affairs, is yes. that correct? Uh, is that the entire office portion? No. Is it going to be administrative or more for information? The Office of Multicultural Affairs, you know, is directed by Laura Terry, mm -hmm. and Laura's office will be in the Multicultural Center. Okay. Um, the programs that the Office of Multicultural Affairs does for uh, student organizations will remain in source. Okay. All right, so there's not a clear, uh, well, yeah, a clear distinction. It's got its two separate functions. Yes. To specialize and serve it better. Uh, okay, so one of the biggest questions I had, or one of my biggest interests for the Multicultural Center, was to ask, which you've already addressed a little bit, to ask about the mood. Okay. By that I mean, is it an attempt to make the campus more attractive internationally to students? Is it to combat prejudices? Or is it simply a place where people can come and say, hey, your language sounds pretty cool. Tell me about it. It's all of that. Mm -hmm. It's a place where we can help 
people broaden their awareness about cultures mm -hmm. around the world. It's a place where we can celebrate the diversity that we have here in the campus. I, I was interested to learn that our largest ethnic diversity on the campus is really international students. We have a pretty significant Saudi Arabian population mm -hmm. here, mm -hmm. as well as Chinese, mm -hmm. as well as African, um, and then we have um, Latinos, Hispanic, um, and we have African Americans, and so we've, we've got a pretty broad cultural base in the campus. So we'll be celebrating that, mm -hmm. uh, helping people to create an awareness that will help them as they leave the campus and into the world, they'll have a greater familiarity. And yes, we are here to address issues that come up as current events, um, to give people space and an opportunity to discuss some of those critical issues around racism, discrimination, um, understanding okay. how to get along better with people. So it's not just education, but as you say, celebration. Celebration, education, support, mm -hmm. okay. all three of those. Do you think, now, a college campus in general uh, are very diverse places, and so, and even in everyday life, we should, you know, celebrate diversity and, you know, international cultures and just the education and opportunities that can, you know, come from learning about different people. Uh, but would you say that ETSU perhaps uh, has a particular need for this beyond what a normal university might? Uh, you know, we service a very rural communities, uh, or very, we service very rural communities oftentimes, uh, which are stereotypically attached to very conservative attitudes and whatnot. Uh, so would you say that ETSU, because of this, has a, a special need going beyond what the average university might need for this sort of well, endeavor? Well, I don't know necessarily that we are saying that we need it more mm -hmm. than other universities. The issue at ETSU is that we haven't done it until this point. Many universities have multicultural centers around the nation. This is not mm -hmm. um, something that is brand new a brand new concept for universities. Um, there have been studies at ETSU on the climate, racially, uh, racial climate, uh, climate for um, people that are um, not gender traditional, mm -hmm. if I can use that term. And all of those studies have said that ETSU would benefit from a multicultural center. And I mean, going as far back as 15 years ago oh, really? in study, and when the university went through the strategic planning process, Committee for 125, the Student Services and Activities Group made the recommendation that the university open a center. And Dr. Nolan's support behind that was to establish a committee mm -hmm. and let's get it done, basically. <laughs> here and we are. so here we are. Um, his commitment to that has been significant. Okay, very cool. Uh, so, what sort of events? could be held in the Multicultural Center? All kinds of events that go along with multiculturalism. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be um, having different types of celebrations, workshops, presentations, seminars, okay. um, faculty level mm -hmm. opportunities, as well as students and staff. Okay, yeah, because I, I, when I read about it, you know, uh, one of my things was, you know, it talked about holding events, but I didn't know if it simply meant, uh, say, you know, guest speakers coming in, or if it meant, you know, group functions, socials, you know, but it sounds like it's just a All very general, that. like, you All know, of that. open your doors and come on in kind of thing. We'll, tr like. we'll try to have a programmatic focus mm -hmm. and then steer everything around that for the periods that um, we're, we're 
implementing mm -hmm. major program focus. It'll have celebrations, it'll have presentations, mm -hmm. workshops, seminars, socials. Very so cool. all tied together around themes. So, you know, uh, you kind of already addressed this a little bit, but I just wanted to clarify, is this a, a new organization altogether or is it uh, directly under Multicultural Affairs? Actually, the Multicultural Center mm -hmm. is directly under the Office of Equity and Diversity out yeah, of the okay. President's Office. Okay. Now, many of the collaborative relationships that are housed in the center mm -hmm. are through different departments, like the Office of Multicultural Affairs will continue to be under the Vice President for Student Affairs. Mm -hmm. And international program student support that we have in the center will continue to be under international programs. Okay. So we're not trying to be the overall expert on diversity. Yeah, sure. We're just trying to help the university build collaborations and intercultural dialogue. So just kind of a, a central location for uh, related offices and groups to come together and, you know, put their foot forward, I suppose you yes. could say. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, so this is part of the continuing, or not continuing, I guess it hasn't even started really, but this is part of the big Culp renovation project, is that correct? Yes, actually we're slightly ahead of that. Mm -hmm. So it's not technically in the Culp renovation, but the renovation to this space will definitely be a consideration in how the rest of the Culp Center renovation happens. The okay. renovation is going to be across from us. Mm -hmm. And so they're not going to take away our glass view. If you haven't been into the center yet, you'll notice that <laughs> everything's there, clear. Yeah, and, and we've tried to bring the sense of outside in. Mm -hmm. um, and that won't go away with the renovation as I understand it. Okay. Yeah, because I was curious if it was still ongoing. Do we have uh, anything more to expect to come from the, uh, from the Multicultural Center? Or is it about ready to just be done, done? Well, the Multicultural Center is almost complete. Mm -hmm. The construction of it is there, um, the renovation piece, I mean. Um, and so with the renovation of the Culp Center, I'm not sure how it all fits in, sure. but I know that our space is complete. Mm -hmm. So is there more to the Multicultural Center aside from uh, the physical space? Because, Programmatically. You know, Mm -hmm. It's the program that's going to draw people into the center, and we're hoping that we'll be able to serve all students, right. all faculty and staff. So, briefly, what what is the program itself? Because when you say programmatically, I think uh, I'll give you an I think example. A smaller scale, like little presentation stuff. Well, that's what oh. I think of program. Okay. So when you say program, you know what is? Let the me program give you an example. example. When we open in January, mm -hmm. we're opening the first week of school, okay. spring semester. It happens to be, and very important that we focused it this way, mm -hmm. um, Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday celebration. Oh, okay. We know that Dr. King was principally interested in civil rights mm -hmm. in America, sure. for all Americans. Mm -hmm. So our program that week will focus on civil rights and various aspects of okay. it. We'll have three keynote speakers that will come in that week. We'll have cel a celebration. We'll have the ribbon cutting. We'll have... Um, intercultural dialogue through online discussion groups mm -hmm. um, and hopefully we'll have a lot of students and classes come through for some of the workshops that will be offered. So that's what I mean programmatically. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to draw attention to certain issues that impact all of us. Very cool. We are here with Joe Smith, head of university relations here at the university. 
So thank you for being on the show sure. today. What can you, uh, can you tell us first about what it is your job entails? Sure. Well, the University Relations Division, essentially it's the Public Relations Office, it's mm -hmm. a large uh, division that encompasses a number of areas within communication. Uh, media relations, publications and printing, it encompasses a public radio station, also marketing, special events, uh, trademark and licensing, photographic services and video services, and also overseeing all of our social media channels. So it's a, it's a large division. We've mm -hmm. grown a lot. Um, and we're at, or at the core of about everything that happens here on campus, we touch it in some way. Yeah, so basically just anything related to the image of the university, even in the most vague ways it sounds like. Absolutely, <laughs> and essentially just telling the story of the university uh, to prospective audiences mm -hmm. um, and just serving as the communication hub for the university. Okay, so in relation to that, uh, Tell us about your background. You know, who is Joe Smith? What yeah. did you do, sort of, to, to come story. into these shoes? Um, believe it or not, this is a great homecoming for me. I was a mm -hmm. student here at ETSU. I started okay. here in 1990 and graduated in 94. I took a couple of courses here in the studio, a video film techniques course. <laughs> but I started in the communication department here. I knew I wanted to do PR, and I got a work-study assignment in the University Relations Office. And it was a very basic job of answering the telephone and uh, taking clippings from the newspapers, and I started doing other things. And so once I graduated, I worked part-time as a temp. They wanted to keep me. And then it really emerged into um, a part-time position working for our College of Medicine, doing PR for that. And it just grew into a full-time position. And then in 2009, I had a chance to move into a director's role and move up from there. So I really, you know, I came here in August of 1990 to move into my dorm, and I haven't left. But I really was very privileged to go to the communication department here. I had some great professors. Some are still here, Tammy Hayes. It mm -hmm. was a wonderful preparation and I was really thankful to, to have chose ETSU and to chose PR. Very cool. It's a wonderful place. I always love being here. Yeah. But I'm an RA so I have to sidetrack for a second and ask yeah. you what dorm you lived in. Um, believe it or not, um, I lived in Powell Hall. Powell, okay. All which right. uh, and it, it became, <laughs> it was a women's hall for a long time, mm -hmm. yeah. and it became a men's hall when I was here. The other dorm I lived in was Taylor Hall, but it's been torn out. It was mm -hmm. torn down to build Centennial. the library. Oh, the library? Yeah. Oh, okay. So there was right. a really older dorm. So uh, residence halls have changed a lot. Powell yeah. was uh, the dorm a lot of guys wanted to be in because it was a, those were bigger rooms, but yeah, it's definitely yeah. changed so much since then. Oh, yeah, especially along that one row of halls that all used to be women. I'm in Dossett, fourth year yeah. there. So it's it's my home. Yeah, that so. was a nice dorm. It was you could mm -hmm. it was it was smaller, uh, quieter, but yeah, it was a great dorm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I guess you know to to transition to a more serious note, mm -hmm. uh, violence. The, obviously, of course, with the the proliferation of media and information technology over the past few years, uh, acts of violence and tragedies of that sort have become more and more aggrandized, I suppose you could say, in terms of their coverage. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the big deals, of course, is violence on campuses. Right. So as head of university relations, you have to deal with a lot of this when it comes to the press. So one of my big questions is, even though, even though things have actually gotten better over the years, it doesn't seem like it. Right. So how, how do you tackle that as, uh, as head of you know, uh, relations for a university with all the violence that gets blown into the media? Right. Uh, you know, how do you handle that, even though it's not as bad as it may seem, I suppose? Sure. Well, I think it comes down to the, 
acknowledgement that safety comes first, the safety of our students and of our faculty and staff come first. And with safety, an important element of safety is communication. So it's really important that we communicate and we educate our campus about violence and, and educate them about ways they can protect themselves. So there's a lot of elements of that. So one thing that we, we did several years ago was implement our gold alert system, mm -hmm. which that's the, the emergency text and emergency alert systems that notify people when there's an imminent threat to campus. But something we've done more recently that speaks of what you're talking about are these safety notices, where we are notifying the campus anytime certain type of offenses or crimes are reported. A lot of those, unfortunately, have been um, crimes related to sexual violence. We know across the nation that the issue of rape on college campus is a serious problem. It's a problem that most often goes unreported. So what we wanted to do with the safety notices that we started in September of 2014 was to educate the campus about any time a sexual violence uh, case had been reported. And this includes rapes, but there are, there are other type of offenses. And the goal was just to let campus, the campus know, to be transparent, to open up dialogue, to let students know this can happen here. These are some safety precautions that we can offer. Most importantly, to encourage victims of sexual violence to come forward because there are resources available that we have for them. So it's opened up a lot of dialogue and a lot of conversation about sexual violence. Um, while some people may feel it's a bad thing to be putting these cases out there, I think it's really a good thing. It shows we're talking about it. Um, if it's, it's a conversation that we want parents to have with their children before they go to college, you know, this can happen. So that's kind of where we're going with this. It's, it's to create a, a culture of transparency, to create a culture of more awareness. Okay. Now, yeah, as you said, uh, cultural transparency, and that was going to lead into my next question, actually, uh, and communication with the parents right. being a key. But more specifically, how, how do you tackle the issue of increasing transparency while also assuring parents that their kids are safe? I think that they actually go very closely hand in hand. If to be transparent means mm -hmm. you're being open and you're talking about an issue, we know that the majority of cases of sexual violence are not reported. Sure. The fact that we're out issuing these safety notices has brought that more to the forefront. But I think it's really important that if you're going to ensure safety, you've got to be have good communication education. Mm -hmm. You've got to be transparent about the issues. We it's we have to. It's a very difficult conversation, but you want parents to know that this can happen here. It can happen on any college campus. It does happen on any college campus. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's while you some may want to hide the issues back, you're not doing anything to ensure safety if you're not talking about what could happen. Sure, sure. What about though in the cases of you know with this being a very rural area, a lot of people are spread out. So you know it's not like a a, a very urban area. So. <clears throat> Excuse me. In terms of parents, who the only information they hear are the negatives. You know, for example, parents out uh, in the smaller communities, all they do is they turn on WHL or they turn on WCYB, and they hear about this rape case or that rape case or this sexual assault case. But they don't get any of the more positive endeavor or the more positive, uh, yeah, the more positive endeavors that ETSU actively puts forward. Right. So how how do you try to proliferate that information out to uh, you know out to these? individuals, I suppose you could say, that only get right. the negative. I, I think it's unfortunate, but it's how the news industry mm -hmm. has always worked, is, is sensational negative stories do, do take the top part of the news block. They're going to be above the fold news. They're going to lead the, the broadcast on radio. So that's going to happen. I think it's important, it goes back to, with, 
with where we are today, you know, there was a time that most everyone got their news from news outlets. Sure. But we have other platforms now through social media, through publications, and those are venues where um, we're able to tell our story, to tell the, some of the things that are happening here. You know, I will say that the local media is very fair in mm -hmm. their coverage and they will, you know, cover stories that, that, that focus beyond just criminal things. Sure. But it's really important that you have to find venues to always be telling your story, knowing though that when the negative happens, it's going to make, have a presence there. Now that's a good thing in some respect. Um, if, you know, if there's been a situation on campus and uh, uh, there's a suspect on the loose, we need the media to help spread sure, the word about sure. that. So again, through those stories, I still think there's an opportunity for education, which is really important. Mm -hmm. And then that, uh, something you just said actually really hit me was uh, telling the story, new veins to tell the story. And I suppose that's kind of what you do, right? Is Absolutely. You're, you're constantly exploring new veins uh, of telling the story of ETSU, one of the biggest ways nowadays is social media. Absolutely, it's so a big part of it, yes. How do you take advantage of social media to spread the message? Because anybody can get on Twitter and make an account and try to try to make it known and try to spread information, but that doesn't mean they're always successful. Right, I think we've um, been very uh, deliberate in our, our efforts to, as we're providing content, as we're taking photographs or capturing video, that we do create video, create content that has a place in social media. Mm -hmm. So it's something that we do on a daily basis that we're very attentive to and, and as promote opportunities to, to, to reach uh, students and reach our audiences through social media. One thing that I'm really talking about telling stories that I've loved doing was um, on our new homepage, when it's launched, um, mm -hmm. right at two years ago, yeah. one of the main elements of our homepage is, is there's a profile about a new student there. So we, we tell those stories all the time. Mm -hmm. Every week there's a new story about a student, what brought the student here, what's their journey been, where are they going from here? Yeah, okay. And I, I would actually say, I mean, uh, I'm not a uh, communications professional, but I definitely personally enjoy that on the homepage. Mm -hmm. So especially with a smaller university, it always yes. feels like, you know, uh, the next person, you know, the person next to you is the person on the homepage, you know, mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. Uh, better than if you went to UTK or something where, <laughs> you know, many thousands and thousands of it's students. It's created a great sense of community, yes. Exactly, community. Uh, so I guess uh, in the same vein of community, knowing what's going around here, you mentioned before we started uh, construction projects. Right. Uh, so what are some big construction projects that you uh, could tell us about that are coming to campus? Of course, we know about the football. Uh, yeah, stadium, and that's a big one. They just broke ground on that on Monday or yesterday, actually. Ab absolutely. So. Well, there's been, um, you know, we went through a number of years where there was not a lot of construction taking mm -hmm. place on campus. The garage was completed. But in the upcoming um, weeks, months, and year, you'll see a lot of things happen. Of course, the, the football stadium will mm -hmm. begin construction. The other big one is our new fine and performing arts center, which oh, yeah. will be located mm -hmm. next to the Millennium That's Center. That's exciting. Um, there will also be some major renovation projects. The Culp Center will undergo a major renovation in upcoming years. There will be, uh, at, the call, at the VA campus, a building renovated to be a human simulation uh, lab for uh, teaching uh, health profession students using simulators. Oh, also our College of Nursing is going to be building downtown a new day center that will uh, care for the homeless and there may be some other things really? coming down the road so I think we're going to see a lot of dirt, a lot of construction hats but it's a really exciting, exciting era and as a matter of fact I think it's one of the largest uh, eras of growth that's ever taken place in the university history. Well that's very exciting uh, and this is actually a good time because we're going to have to stop here but thank you Mr. Smith for thank joining so us much. today. Thank you so much, it's been great. Thank and you. We've had a great time. And so stay tuned for next Spotlight ETSU.